Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. On this episode, I got to speak with Gretchen and so much fun talking with her. We talk about how she got into personal development, how she started Beyond Sound and Security with her husband, and how she created her mastermind, the shift her mastermind, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. So thank you so much, Gretchen, for joining me. I'm really looking forward to hearing about your story. Tell me about you and what your stories look like so far. So I um, had a baby right out of high school. I got pregnant my senior year, um, and I've just kind of started sharing that part of my story as I learned that people, that stories are next to people, and just sharing at one time can bring something to somebody. Um, <clears throat> so I was a single mom till I was in my late 20s, and then I got married. I met my husband, and um, we have a son now together. So I have a 24-year-old and a 14-year-old. <laughs> Um, and then we own a business, Beyond Sound and Security, which is a sound and security, a local company here in Arkansas where we are. And we've been in business 11 years. And um, I just started with some partners of mine, the Shifter Mastermind. It's spelled Shift Her. It's for women by women. It's all about mindset. And so that's really fun. Awesome. And why did you have a hesitancy around sharing your story and how did you get over that? I think... And when I blamed a lot of things that happened to me on being punished for the choices I made when I was young and I didn't realize that I'm 43 now and I didn't realize that until just recently that that was something I was holding on to like because I had made this decision or made this choice and that that dictated how my life was supposed to be and I didn't let myself feel like I deserved anything more just you know, you've had this baby, now it's your mission to take care of your baby. You get married, now it's your mission to take care of your marriage and that kind of thing. But I worked with a life coach for a little while, and she's actually one of my partners in the mastermind group now. Um, and she helped me cover that I was kind of holding myself back, and we, we let it, it led us back to, oh, because I had a teen mom and didn't finish college, because I was a teen mom and I didn't finish college, and I didn't do, like, what the, the trajectory and structure that you think you're supposed to do when you're a senior in high school, that I let that hold me back. And so now, you know, I know that that's not the case. Like, you know, your decisions don't dictate where you're coming from doesn't dictate where you're going. But for, you know, 20 years, I had held on to that in a way that I thought, okay, you just get up and you go to work and you take care of the kids and you take care of the family. And that's all that there is for you because you've made this decision. And it sounds silly to say it out loud, but I know there are so many women working through our mastermind program. I've noticed that the women, the things that uncover the very same things. And I think especially as women, we are taught that there is one way to do life. You get married, you have the babies, you do the things. And no one ever says, oh, also, you can go chase a dream if you have one. Or maybe you can be a millionaire too. Just because you didn't finish college doesn't mean that you can't have all these great things. And so it's been really um, scary to uncover it. I had to go to my son, Morgan, and say, hey, I'm going to be sharing these stories, and I just want you to be aware that I feel like it's helpful. And through that, immediately after I started sharing my story, um, I was invited to come talk to some teen moms at a high school here. So I've done that twice. Um, we also go into schools and talk to other kids about not going to college. Like, we don't go in and say, 
don't go to college. You don't have to go to college. But when you go in and say, if you're not on track for college or if you like to do hair or if you like to work with your hands, this is how we got started. And we own business, a business. I own two businesses now. And it's just been really fun to like go in and you can see the weight drop from their shoulders. They're like relieved, like specific kids in the room, you catch them. They're like, Oh, okay. Maybe there is another option for me or maybe I could be a business owner. So it's been really fun to uncover. It's just scary when all that starts flying at you, you know, you have to download it, figure out how to sort through it. But once you uncover those beliefs that you have, you can fix it. You can change exactly how you believe. Now I think, I, of course I deserve it. I worked really hard to be a good mom and to be a good wife and to be a good business partner and really hard and beyond sound and security to grow that. And so the, the mastermind is really where I feel like my husband has even said, I've never seen you like this. You've never done one thing for yourself. And I didn't realize that until he said that to me. So it's been really fun to like feel like I'm aligned with something that is for me. It's, you know. And did you have any blocks starting your business? Did you ever think like, oh, I'm not smart enough to do this or, oh, I'm not qualified? And how did you get over those? Absolutely. When my husband worked for a small company that was like a big name provider for security um, and it's local to us and it's locally owned and something happened in their business where it made him become a subcontractor, a 1099 employee or person instead of an employee. And so he was able to go out and start working for some smaller companies and divide up his time in a way where he could get more work. And then he realized, well, if I'm doing this and making all these people money, then maybe we'll start our own business and we'll do this differently. And so we, instead of just being a security company, we do sound and security systems. We hang TVs, we do all kinds of things that you would normally get several companies to do at once. And we're like a one-stop shop. And so he, I'm thinking, okay, start a business. Let's go. Okay. So I've, that this, like, he, I said, we'll get that six months. And then when that doesn't work out, you can go work for the railroad where we can get benefits and then we'll chase my dream. I didn't have any idea what that looked like, but I just knew there's no way we are not college educated. How can we, I've never taken a business class when I did go to college. How will we start a business? And about six months in, I had to go part-time because we were so busy. And about a year after that, I was struggling because I knew I needed to quit my full-time job, but it's what carried the health insurance for my whole family. And I realized doing some math, I did some research and we could get health insurance if we just sold two more security systems a month. And so I quit and I did not know what to do with myself. (laughs) I had worked from the time I was 18 until 11 years ago, nine to five, make the money, make the insurance, get your hourly rate, buy the groceries, do everything that you're supposed to do with your paycheck. It had never occurred to me we could build something this big. And how did you meet your husband? Well, that's a fun story. (laughs) He was eating alone at a restaurant, and I was meeting a friend that worked there, and I had my son already, and so he happened to be gone for the weekend with my parents, and I did not want to go out that night. When you have a kid and you're 20-something, all you want to do is just stay home, eat your own food, without anybody crawling all over you, get laundry done. Like, it's so silly. And she convinced me to come with her to go get her paycheck and talk to some friends before we were going to go out. And he was eating alone at the bar and staring at me. And she was like, well, we're going to go talk to him or I'm going to go talk to him for you. And I was like, oh, crap, fine. I'll go over there and talk to him. So I went over. I walked by the first time and I didn't stop because I got nervous. 
And then, because you know, now I have a kid, and I'm, it's like the worst thing to say to someone in their 20s who's looking to date somebody, like, oh, yeah, and I have a five-year-old. <laughs> and so I walked back by, and I stopped, and I said, my friend wants me to talk to you. And he gave me his phone number, and we've been together ever since. And how soon did you mention that you had a five-year-old? Immediately. Immediately. And he was cool with it? Yeah. He said, I told myself I would never date someone with kids again, and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And what have you learned from starting your your businesses? What I tell people all the time is that if you have an idea, you don't know if you don't try. I really can visualize what Daniel and I would look like right now if he had not taken that first step because I would have kept him from taking it. He did some things behind my back as a surprise, and it made me mad. Like, he was so excited, but I was like, I can't believe you went and did that without talking. But if he hadn't taken that first step, even, like, researching what you had to do or, you know, calling the city and asking about a permit. Like, he got all the information, and I really did not think we were capable or, now I know, worth that. And I think that if you have an idea, like, with this mastermind, like, go – Get in it. Research it. Everything is on the internet now. It was not that way 11 years ago. There was an internet, but it was not like it is now. You had to make the phone calls, and you had to go down to the places and do all the things. And now, at your fingertips, you can figure out who your audience is, what the what your competitors are doing. And, I, like, for sure, if you have an idea, you should always just get the information. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like we always say, you don't lose, you learn. And so it's a, it's uncomfortable and it's scary to try to start a business because you don't know, but there's so many resources there's to start a small business, especially. But now I feel like in the community of like Instagram and Facebook and all of those things, you can follow people who are inspiring that you aspire to be and watch how they're growing. And most of them teach you how to do it. Like they have free resources. They have, I follow Amy Porterfield. I love her, love, love, love her. And I heard her speak at Rise Business and I got to meet her and she is killing it, making her own money, but she's also so helpful in like, here's also how I did it. And I feel like in our community of small businesses here in Arkansas, we have that too. Like we're friends with lots of small business owners where you can call someone and say, Hey, I'm thinking about being a builder, like building houses or whatever. You can call someone and they're not going to treat you like, Oh, you're my competition. I'm not going to give you my secrets. They, everybody wants to see each other grow. And, but you get yourself into this mind space of, Oh, we won't have a paycheck. What are we going to do? Or I can't figure that out. So I'm just not going to do it. Or the books are hard and scary. And so I'm not going to do it. And what I want to do is go back to myself 10 years ago. and be like, you can give that to someone else to do. You don't have to figure it all out on your own. But at the time, you know, you're just trying to get all the information and it's so overwhelming. I mean, I would have not, I would have said we would have crashed in two years and here we are. Like our business is better than ever. We have, raving fans it's you know it's been super fun to network and get to know people and we do a lot of working with people on job sites and we get to know them that way and it's just really it feels so big and it's not like if you have a dream or an idea all you have to do is figure out the logistics and see if it works and if it doesn't no harm no foul but what if it does Mm. you know and how long did he keep it a secret before he told you about it Well, he said he wanted to try to start a business. And I I just, I mean, I'm telling you, I really thought there's no 
freaking way you're starting a business. Like in my mind, I'm thinking Target is a business. Like I'm not thinking small or whatever. And um, he went, he had to take a test um, to get a certain level to start the business, a manager level or whatever. So he took that test and he had actually come to my office where I worked and gotten my work friend to notarize it behind my back. (laughs) And he took it and passed it and he was so excited. And so I probably about three months worth of work before he told me what he said. I'm so glad that he did it that way. And he really was trying to give me a really good surprise, but it made me so nervous. Hmm. It was very cute. And how do you guys advertise for your business? Do you go to like community events? Do you use Facebook? Do you use Instagram? I've been part of um, several networking groups. One particularly worked really well for us. It's called BNI. It's Business Networking International. Um, I did that for about four years. And you, when you join a specific chapter, it locks out your competition. So nobody from another business like ours could join. And so everyone in the room is referring to each other. But the thing that works the best for us is people ask for recommendations on Facebook. And it looks like I have paid people to go call me. We get tags like that. And I just feel like when you're a local company and you keep your, like, you're chasing that five-star rating all the time. We tell our employees that. Anytime I'm speaking somewhere, I'm very cognizant of my business is being represented in me. If we're at a football game, you know, anything like that, um, we try to sponsor things like that, like football where they put your logo up. And But really and truly, Facebook gets us the best feedback. Like, it's – we get a lot of business from Facebook. I feel like a lot of people go there for recommendations, and they really want to hear who their friends have used. And so we don't do a lot – we tried to do a commercial, and the type of person that was calling us was not our ideal client. It was just usually checking for prices, and we were just on another list of companies for them to run through when they're trying to get quotes. But when someone refers you personally on Facebook or in a networking group, people trust you already before you even get there. And what do you do? You do anything to help yourself get more reviews? Do you leave like a card, like here's our Facebook page? Please leave us a review. Do you tell them? We usually follow up. Daniel will ask why he's there. Um, and then I usually follow up in a couple of days with a text message. It's like, we'd love to have your feedback on Facebook or Google. That's how we get most of our business. And, you know, eight out of ten times, someone will do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are so happy to leave a review. I always leave a review. And I thought it was because I own a business. And so I'm so aware of what reviews can do. But I don't think that's why. I really do think people want to help. Like, overall, people are really good. And if they believe in you, they want to see you rise. And so for us, when someone leaves, you know, a review, it's such a high five. And sometimes they'll shout out one of our employees, which is so fun because then I can, you know, tag them or I can send it to them even just in a text message and it makes them feel like they've done this good thing. So I love it. Always leave reviews, always, especially for small businesses. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So tell me about your personal development journey. How did you start getting into personal development? What was the first thing that you started doing? In December of 2017, I think, yes, um, I was gifted the book, You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero on Audible. Well, I say gifted. Now what I realize is the first one's free. And so it was always a gift. (laughs) But it was like the end of December and I thought, I'll just put that on when I'm in my car. And in my mind, personal development is like Tony Robbins trying to sell you a CD set through an infomercial and yelling at you why you can be better. And just, or Dr. Phil, like, I don't know. I just thought 
you know, personal development was this weird thing that you pay to go to and then you leave, like you've given them this money and just a racket. Well, I started reading this book and I'm listening to it on the radio and first of all, I identified with her because she was already in her forties and I was either turning 40 that year or had just turned 40. And it wasn't like a 20 year old trying to stand in front of a Lamborghini trying to tell me how he got there. And so I'm listening to it and she says that you can be a millionaire. I don't remember the phrasing of it, but I thought this is the first time in my entire life that anyone's ever said that to me, even if it's coming through my car radio and why not? And so then, you know, when you download an audible book, then it tells you all the things that are related to it. And so I, go down this rabbit hole of like book after book and podcast after podcast and I find all this stuff. Well, in the meantime, I've recommended this You're a Bad Isn't Making Money book to everybody I know who is, they think I've lost my mind. And I'm trying to tell everybody I'm going to be a millionaire watch or I'm trying to tell my poor husband all the things I've learned every time he walks in the door. And I realized I needed like a group of people to talk about what was happening inside of me. And so I reached out to a couple of people that I knew and one of them was my friend Brooke, and she is a lawyer. She owns a, law, a virtual law firm, like she's this pioneer in that way. And we are at coffee, and I, my cell phone keeps ringing, and I'm jumpy, and I'm telling her that I guess I need to hire someone to go answer my phones because we're tied to it all the time. And she says, no, just get an answering service. That's what we did. And it goes to the answering service. They send you the message. And I'm like, what? Like, I've been in business 10, almost 10 years, and nobody said that to me. So I left there that day, hired an answering service. It's been life-changing. I thought it would make our customers go away. It has not. Um, and so then I get to thinking, okay, so I've re- I'm reading these books, and now I've got this idea from an attorney. What do other people know about my business or my life that I should be doing that I don't know about? So I get Brooke and my life coaches, Starwit, together, and then we pull in Kristen, and Kristen brings in a friend, and Brooke brings in a friend, all these people who are reading kind of the same things I'm doing. And we just start getting together once a month, and we realized that we were sharing in a way that you don't do really with your friends because they want you to be safe and um, not like a networking group where you feel like you have to sell yourself or your business. It was something completely different, and people started saying, how do I get in this group? We couldn't figure out how they even knew. We were obviously talking about it, but we weren't posting pictures. We didn't give it a name or anything like that, and we realized people really wanted in to whatever we were doing. So we were watching us change. And when they, when we realized that we thought, okay, well, we'll just try this out on something else. And so we started the shift for mastermind program and we enrolled three groups. Um, like as a beta testing thing, cause we kind of thought it would be our, it, maybe it's just our chemistry. And so we sent out some emails to people we networked with that might say yes, hoping for one group of six and then the three groups of six. And now we have 19 groups. And do you have any tips for if you're you're into personal development, but let's say your partner is not as into it or has never looked at, into any personal development, what would you suggest? Um, yes. Number one, don't ask them to read the book. <laughs> Number two, don't read the book aloud to them. <laughs> no, um, I, it gets you in the place of excitement and you start, you get all this information and you want to share it with people because you've learned this thing. And my husband is tired from his day at work and walking in the house. And I'm trying to just humble him with everything that I have. And 
at some point he just is like, this is, I'm not, this is crazy. Happy for you, but can you not? So then I realized if I just look like dripped a little bit here and there, I would say like parts of a book or a podcast for him to just listen to that part so that, because I felt like it either spoke to both of us where we were in our marriage or our business or about our kids or whatever, or I would, you know, say, listen, I want you to hear this part of what I'm saying. Like, and so then if he is like having a bad day, instead of going like ultra coachy on him, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> if you turn it around a little bit, or if you think that, then that's going to be, why would you already think that? Or is that true? Or things like that. And most of the time it doesn't piss him off, but sometimes he's like, don't be getting all coachy on me. Like don't do that. So immediately after I read that Jensen Chero book, I was fired up and I was, had all this information in my head and I said to Farwit, like, I, I don't even know where to start. I have all this information I don't know what to do. She was like, you need to take a break. <laughs> you need to go back and think. And then I realized that's what Daniel felt like. Like I was sent, I was just giving it to him. Here it is. And here it is. And take it and take it and do it and do it. And I can, then I realized, okay, maybe I could do this a little bit differently. So we, our son plays competitive soccer and we drive to a lot of places around like four or five hours away. And I would just like say, can we listen to this podcast? And so a little bit here and there when we were together and we could talk about it, it's different than me sending him a podcast and then wanting him to listen and then let's talk about it or give me your report on what you've learned is what it felt like to him. So now, I mean, if we're in the car together, we'll turn something on. It took a good six months to get him kind of, you know, into the, He's not really a book reader, and so listening to it in the car was really good for us. Or if we're together and I turn it on, then we can stop it and talk about what's happening right then. Because if he doesn't agree with it, it doesn't mean it's wrong. If I don't agree with it, it doesn't mean, you know, just working through it like that. But I do think as a couple, we have become stronger and as business owners because we are more on the same page. Instead of me feeling like I'm trying to elevate my vibrations and all the things that I've learned and him just going in and out to work every day we can actually feed off of each other or help lift each other up. Or if I'm having the bad day where I'm spinning out, he's able to say, this is temporary or try to contain your thoughts or don't go down that road. And same thing for him. If he's having a bad day, I can say, is that really true? Or do we know that's true? Do we know, you know, the, the tools that we've learned. I just suggest the drip because your family will think you've gone nuts if you go balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> And what's the first event that you went to for personal development? Uh, we went to Rachel Hollis's Rise Business Conference in November last year. In July, when the tickets went, I've been following her for a long, long time, like before she was the Rachel Hollis she is now. Um, I followed her blog, and I just feel like she's super relatable and just says it how it is, which is kind of how I am. And so I, I enjoy seeing that in other people. Um, but she has been at Rise Women's Conference, and I don't feel like I'm really – into that um i i've gone to women's conferences before and that kind of thing like the church and with other things i just I felt like if i went alone to something i would grow and come back and he would just be where he was not that he it was any different but like you learn all this stuff and you get so excited and if you're not in the room where it happened a lot of times you can't understand it in july last year I got an email that Rise Business tickets were going on sale, and it was going to be in Charleston, which would be a flight to get to. It wouldn't be somewhere we could drive. 
And I said, I really think we should go to this, but I really think we should go together because I'm afraid if I go, I'll get all fired up about our business and I'll come back and try to implement some things and you won't have heard context. And he was like, okay, we'll go. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, if you think we need to go, let's go. So we went in November and it was so great. It was, I would say, I've researched a lot of business conferences since then because we had such a good time. But I would say that it was a, just enough motivational speaking mixed in with the business part of it that it kept our attention the whole time. It felt like it was like a good, easy dip into the water. Like now I want to go to all the things, every single thing there is. I want to go. And he's like, can we just do one a year? But it was funny because like Ed Milet was there. Trent Shelton was there, you know, but then there was also like Amy Porterfield on this, how to do and email marketing. And we kept us late one night to explain finances in a way we've been in business for 11 years no one has ever explained it to me that way I haven't actually asked because I thought I understood it but she kept this really late because it was so important to her that we all understand that and so I, I highly suggest getting in a room of personal if you're into personal development and you're having trouble like with your friendships or with your family thinking that you've gone off this wacky wheel of craziness that if you go to one of these conferences and you're in the room with people. I met so many people there. The people just sitting around us, because once you go sit down, usually you keep that seat for the rest of the week kind of thing. The people around us, like the people right next to us, owned a pool company. Like they put in swimming pools. And people in front of us owned an insurance company. And the people behind me, the lady behind me was a baker. And so she was trying to learn how to open a bakery. And just between all of us, you're in a room with people who own business or looking to own a business. And so you can you know, talk their ideas with each other, you get to know each other's struggles, and it feels much different than trying to talk to someone about what you're going through or what you're learning that hasn't been through it yet. And what are some of the big takeaways you had from that event? We look, she had us write down, well, there's a couple of things. When you're in the room like that with no distraction, you're there just to keep the main thing the main thing, it's so powerful to be taught things like, you know, I can watch the online courses. I can do all the free master classes. I've done a lot of that stuff to try to learn how to do things in my business. But when you're in the room and you can see like the relief wash over 6,000 people's faces, when, when someone says something that resonates or when you have been trying to say something and someone else says it for you, finally you have words to go with the things that you're feeling or with the things that our business is big here in Arkansas, but we're not like a nationwide brand. And I was very interested in seeing how I could put what they were saying into action just for my community. And they did that over and over again. Like it didn't matter if you were big or small or any of that. The other thing that I really thought was good was she gave us, a chance to write down maybe 20 goals that you wanted to leave with, which is super overwhelming. And she pointed out, pick one thing. Like you're going to be so overwhelmed with information when you get back. Pick one thing and work on that. Promise yourself you'll do that. So we picked hiring a new employee because we are in a position where kind of need somebody. We're sure money. It's always money and all of that. And that was our goal. And immediately when we got back, we put up an ad Interviewed several people, hired a new employee, and now we're like, okay, what's next on the list? So it taught me that you can have a whole lot of ideas. It doesn't mean you have to do everything right now. And we've just kind of prioritized how what we want to do to kind of pull ourselves out of the business a little more and scale it. Talked a lot about scaling, and it's something that we've been scared of, money wise or 
logistically. I don't really want to hire someone and then fire them. And it was nice to like hear all the other business people that got on stage that have gone through all the things and struggled this really have. And here they are now. And tell me a little bit more about your mastermind. Maybe share some stories from some girls who are in your mastermind. And why did you decide to make it only women in your mastermind as well? Okay. Um, we, well, it started as a group of six women. And for the time we do six months, six women, um, it's different than your friendship group. It's different than networking. A lot of times as women, we feel like we have to sell each other to each other. So like, I feel like I'm constantly selling Gretchen, the parent or Gretchen, the wife or Gretchen, the business owner or Gretchen who has now like was the team mom. And so I do, I need to overcompensate for that. Like you just feel like as a woman, a lot of times you have to sell who you are. And if it's not who you are, it's your business. And I, we were very clear. If you do business together, that's great, but we're not here for networking. You're here because you all have decided that you want to take this jump and get up, get to work on your mindset. And we talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about money mindset. We talk about, relationships we talk about manifestation law of attraction like all of that and it brings in such a diverse group of people um I do think because we are women we're the experiences we have had we feel like other women can have we're not sure what that looks like for men we've we're entertaining it if we get enough we've had people ask we've had men ask or people ask about if if there's a program for their husbands and I feel like that might be a thing that we do but right now we just really want to nurture our community of women um, because it's mindset based, it's not about building a business. It's not about, um, parenting necessarily. It's not about any, when I, when we started this, I went online because I was reading Napoleon Hill's thinking for rich. And he talks about getting in a mastermind. And when I Googled it, there's nothing for women. There's the only thing that shows up out there is specific things for white men, basically who are already rich. And I knew that we needed something kind of entry level. We needed to be able to, you can be a stay-at-home mom or a badass corporate lawyer or whatever in between and still get the same information. And so it's been fun to watch. We have one girl who was in a terrible corporate job and, well, I'm sorry, the job was probably fine. She was having a terrible time in her corporate job, just in case that comes back to me. But she had this dream and this side hustle and through doing the work, after about three months, she quit her corporate job and is doing her side hustle, which is now her main thing. And we have another person that is um, a project manager for a big bank here. And I know her personally. Like she's one of my friends. And she went in through the first round. And I have watched her like manifest this journey, like call her shot, decide what's going to happen, and then something better is happening. You know, it's just been fun to watch people realize who they were made to be and give themselves permission to be that person and then explore what that looks like. And earlier when we were talking, you mentioned that you're feeling fine during the pandemic. Um, Maybe if you could talk a little bit about that and what's helping you feel okay during this whole situation. The main thing is my money mindset was crap. Like it was a legit shit show. And I feel like, um, because I've worked through that, the, the thing with all the loans and the money and all the talk about money, like I don't watch the news. I know people think that that means I'm probably uninformed, but it just stresses me a lot. And so I just don't do that. 
but there's enough talk about loans that I had to know and small business associates, like all this stuff I've never done. And I never even thought, wait, are we going to have to close down? Like it never occurred to me. We might go out of business. Like some of these small businesses are so worried about. And the fact that that didn't occur to me in the beginning is a big, huge shift because you really old Gretchen would have been like, Oh my gosh, we need to save every penny. I need to do this. We're, it's going to be terrible. We're going to go out of business. We need to lay our guys off. And instead, I found myself saying, it's going to be fine. I hope those people get their loans. Or I feel, you know, because we've shifted our money mindset, we have money in the bank for the first time just sitting there in a long time. And so we have this money. I did apply for the loans. That's the responsible business person thing to do. But I, I never really spun out about it. And I even said to Daniel, I can't believe we're not, I'm definitely having moments of anxiety for sure, because I'm scared about health. My son's at home from school. My older son, we didn't let him come over for a couple of weeks. Like it just feels weird and stressful in that way. But in the way of everything's going to be fine, that's where we're sitting. And I said to Daniel the other day, if this had happened a year ago, and he was like, oh no, we would have been toast. We would have totally been toast. And so he sees it too. Like we feel safe. I feel calm. I feel like everything is going to be okay. And I know that that is the shifter mindset work I've done. I know that I have gotten to where I finally have turned my thoughts around to where the negative thought is not always the first thought. And if I have the negative thought, I give it some space, figure out why I'm thinking that, and then I'm able to turn it around. And what were your 20s like? Well, I was a mom. <laughs> they were a shit show. You know what they were like. <laughs> um, looking back, looking back, I mean, I was just trying to survive. I had my son at 18. So when I was 20, I had a two-year-old. When I was 25, I had a seven-year-old who came home and said, oh my gosh, I got the youngest mom in my whole class. And I was mortified, like, don't tell people how young I am. Like, you know, just, I worked really hard. I worked hard during the day. I took him with me and babysat for doctors and drug reps that I worked with at night. Just hustling wherever I could. It was an extra job I could do with him with me. There was no, like, I was not going clubbing. I was not doing any of the things. I wasn't at college. A lot of my friends were away at college, so I didn't even have a lot of friends. And the friends I did have here we're not in bed at 8.30 every night like I was and getting up to watch Barney at 5 a.m. or feeding a baby in the middle of the night. It just was a lot of survival. And I think that that's probably universal in your 20s. Your 20s are a lot about trying to figure out what next steps are. The 30s are like sitting in those next steps. In your 40s, you're like, I'm done. I don't care what anybody says. I'm doing whatever I want. I can do this. And so if I had known a lot of the stuff, of course, that I know now in my 20s, it may have been on a different trajectory, but it's just such a gift to like look back at that time and know I went through this struggle. I was just trying to do the best I could, but it just felt like every day was so hard. And it wasn't like I, I was a good mom. I was, you know, I met my husband in my late twenties and we dated, but a lot of it was going to see Lilo and Stitch with my son or going to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever that looked like. Just different than, you know, what I would think a normal 20 year old would have, but really what's a normal 20 year old, you know, there was no social media and I'm thankful for that. One of the things I speak to teen moms at high school sometimes, 
one of the things I say to them is like, don't follow someone you wouldn't take advice from. And I think that's so important. Like when you're in that 18 to 24 age range, when you're not sure what you want to do with your life. And now you have to look at what everybody else is doing with their life. It's such a pain in the ass. Like I cannot imagine. And what advice would you give your 20 year old self? I would tell 20-year-old Gretchen to figure out who she was made to be. Don't sit on it. You're made for more and to believe that you can do anything that you wanted to do. I just, I really did. The thing with not going to college was so stressful for me. And I don't, like, I look back at it now, and I think it's silly. I've put a kid through college. Like, my son is out of college, and he's struggling to even find a job, you know? And he, what he's doing is freelance work. He's a videographer, and he learned that in college. But it's turned into the thing where he's has his own business now, too, and he went to college. Like, we've done the same thing. And I just – I it was so stressful for me that I couldn't work that out. And I even remember thinking – when I was 22 and everybody was graduating from college, okay, good. Now we're all kind of the same again. Now we're all not at college and maybe everybody will look at me differently. And I was so worried about what other people thought. And that's the thing I would say to myself too. Just don't worry about what other people think. Do what you think you're supposed to do. You're doing fine. You're doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) And what is something that's lighting you up right now? It doesn't have to do with your business. It could be just anything. What's lighting me up right now? We just launched our fourth round of mastermind groups. And it's really been fun to like listen to the excitement of them, even in this time. Like I think it's the perfect time to work on your mindset. It's a great time to like figure out if you want to do something different. If you're working from home now and you have a little extra time, like if you think you want to be a writer, try to figure that out. Or if you want to do this thing, try to figure that out. Um it's been real fun to like work on the launch and have that to do. We are also in our own business. We're still working in our downtown and security business. We have not, we shut down for a week, but we're still working because we're able to work one-on-one with people. Um, And so it's been fun to like people are at home and they want their TV hung or whatever, just the customers and the women that are coming in through shifter are so exciting. Tonight we have like a virtual kickoff, which I'm a little bit annoyed with all the zooms I've had to do because I really do like live events, but it's been really fun to, I think we connect with a lot of people we wouldn't connect with in live events because they feel like they can pop on here and it's a little bit different than having to like get up and go or leave their kids or whatever. So we've been having a virtual happy hour in our community every Wednesday with a topic. And last week we had like 25 people pop on and everybody's got a glass of wine and eager to talk about what's going on. It's a safe space where they can be vulnerable or share what's going on or say I'm having this problem and then we all kind of workshop it together so it's super fun and are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you Hmm. well no I think you did a great job (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of anything the only other thing I would say that might be different for us than other people in our mindset shift with our business is we're an interracial couple and we let that hold us back so bad because we're in the deep south. And we, most people I think assumed, but we never really presented as this interracial couple or family. In fact, a lot of people would call to tell on me to him, like call my boss to tell on me that I didn't get them an appointment or whatever. 
Um, but as soon as I made the shift and we decided that that wouldn't be something that we held back, the moment we did that in a public setting, it's like everything started flying to us from the universe. It was like we had been, I didn't, I did know how we felt about it and I did know why we were doing it, but I didn't understand the power it was taking from us. And so it was like, as soon as we took our power back, I mean, it just it has exploded for us. We won an award. We did a ribbon cutting and had 60 people show up. I wouldn't even care if anybody would show up. I mean, we got bigger jobs than we've ever even quoted before, all on top of each other. It was just like we needed to let this little thing go. Thank you so much for doing this. Where can people connect with you? So um, you can find us on the website, www.shifther.co. It's spelled S-H-I-F-T-H-E-R.co. I also am at GretchenJackson.com. And our business is in North Little Rock, Arkansas. It's beyond sound and security. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.